0: The Women's Football Podcast, in partnership with Her Game 2. Welcome to the Women's Football Podcast. I'm Leek Edwards and this is our look at the women's game from the Champions League to the National League and beyond. And joining me this week, she's back on the show. We're always really pleased to have her. It is Polly Starkey. Hello, Polly.
1: Hello, thanks for having me back again.
0: Polly, who's at the final and not a journalist for once
1: yeah it's good to be there as a fan I could enjoy it a little bit more
0: and also we have the head of women's football at Total Ana- Analysis it's David Astle. hi David I like you all right I'm very well thank you uh, Sunday saw the Conte Cup finals We mentioned at Selhurst Park with Chelsea going in a slight favourites ahead of Arsenal in most people's eyes but in front of 19,000 people, Sankers had to put Chelsea ahead just two minutes in and it had that inevitability about it for Arsenal. But Arsenal did fight back through Steenia Black Stenius and then added further first-half goals to Kim Little from the penalty spot and a Charles' own goal right on half-time. No further goals were added, which meant Arsenal playing their first trophy in four years. And Alex, who we know, is a Chelsea fan. She comes on this pod a lot. She was at the final yesterday. And she was in the mix zone and heard from Leah Volti after the game.
1: Chelsea in the final this was amazing. I think today we just deserved it and put our chances into the net then. Yeah, great feeling. Huh? In a way exhaustive, but we're just so happy to finally have a, a trophy again. I think like we're working so hard for it and we there's always just a little, little bit missing and tonight it's just our night and we're just like enjoy It means so much. I think it gives us a lot of confidence. I think we always believed that we were able to win trophies but there was always a little, little bit missing and finally we could put it today on the pitch what we're capable of and I think yeah that's just amazing to see. I think if we compare it to last game, we were just way more effective. We took our chances last week, we just lost all the chances. So I think in, in the big games, we need
0: to take a chance. Polly, we've mentioned a few times on this podcast, a uh, few people have said, is Arsenal season's over? Well, reports of their demise seem to be a bit premature, don't they?
1: uh definitely I think people have been quite quick to write them off which I think in some ways is justified you know when you lose two of your best players in mid and medium it's, it's a natural thing to think oh okay well how does the team come back but I think yesterday's performance against a really strong Chelsea side um showed how dominant Arsenal can be and that you know their hope's are not up and there's still so much to play for
0: yeah, that'll, do you think that will give them confidence in the league or do you think they're too far behind now? Do you think maybe they focus on possibly the Champions League in the league?
1: Oh, it's an interesting one. I think the league has kind of got to be something they really focus on because they want to finish in that top three because if they want Champions League next year, then mm. obviously that's going to be the priority. I think they still stand a good chance in Champions League, so I think they shouldn't kind of um, give up They Obviously got knocked out the FA Cup the other week. So, um... but I mean, I mean, in terms of the
0: WSL, though, do you think you need to... Uh, in terms of the title, is, is it more focusing on getting in a Champions League spot now rather than the title?
1: Yeah, I would say so. I think champ, uh, like getting into Champions League is more of the focus because I think they still have some sort of a chance of, of winning the title. But at the same time, I just think it is a little bit too you know, late in the season. Um And of course, obviously Chelsea have, have had a great winning streak, but then also you look at United and City and they're, they're both in excellent form. So it's a difficult one to try and push for when they've fallen quite far behind. Um But I, yeah, I think they just need to focus on getting Champions League next year.
0: David, for Chelsea, it just looked like an off day, didn't it? It did. I mean, uh, uh, anyone watching will know that
2: Chelsea were all over the place. I mean, defensively, they looked... Unsure of themselves, which is surprising given that they had, you know, Bright, Ericsson, Charles, all those players we think are really, really key and have been really key, but they just didn't seem to be at it yesterday. Um, Millie Bright so reliable with long balls that wasn't working for them. Magdalena Ericsson got in a, 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 a got confused a little bit with uh, lack of communication with um, Berger at points, and you know you could see that there were areas where they they were they weren't talking to each other. Um, Neve Charles noise so reliable duels. Um, you know, she was uh, really struggling to contain Ford and, and McCabe, whichever was on that side, because they did alternate. Uh, midfield battle, normally so good, even though they changed shape about four million times uh, during the game, they, they still just could not control that midfield. And then, you know, they, could, they couldn't get past the, the combination of, of Raffaele and, and uh, Williamson, who are both of whom I thought were really, really, really impressive. So, yeah, just all over the place. They, they, they just, They just weren't at
1: it.
0: Yeah, Polly, the fact that Leah Williamson's in there, she's been there and done it, haven't we? Obviously, she was the Lioness's captain. So I suppose for a final like that, her experience really shines through, doesn't it?
1: 100%. You know, she knows how to win. And I think you need people like that in your team who have that experience because they know how to deal with with the pressure. And I think, especially when, you know, Sam, Sam Kerr scored so early on. It's like she's one of the the people in the team that needs to be like, guys, it's not over. Don't worry, we can come back from this and be kind of the voice of reason within that team. Because I think they've got quite a few younger players as well and newer players to the league. And and actually, that's really important to kind of introduce them like that to to these big games. And ultimately, I think that's one of the reasons why they went on to win, because they've got so many level-headed, experienced people in that squad.
0: You could tell Emma Hayes was angry because by all accounts, she, uh, she stormed through the mix zone, didn't even speak to anyone. At the end, I think she only did a, a sort of the obligatory TV interviews and a possible radio one, and then she was uh, off into the, the changing room. So I don't think uh, any of the journalists got any comment from, from Emma Hayes yesterday, which is maybe just as wild, really, although it would have been good copy, I think, whatever she would have said. There would, would have been no no filters attached there. Um, so kind of going back to my question that I asked you before then, Paul, do you think this will have any bearing on the title race going forward, more from a Chelsea point of view, psychologically?
1: Um, I think possibly a little bit, but at the same time, Chelsea are very resilient, and I think I, uh, you know, I can only imagine what Emma Hayes said in that dressing room. But you know, I think the the lessons they've learned from yesterday's game will be fixed, and and they'll go into the next game ready again with confidence, and will still be hungry to win that title. Because at the end of the day, they've lost a piece of silverware, and they they don't like that. Chelsea don't like losing, um, and so they'll be determined not to not to lose the the league title.
2: Yeah, I I think that that Chelsea will be annoyed with the way they played. I mean, we've seen Emma Hayes comments uh, post game. Um, she's she's basically said that the players weren't at it, which some have criticised her for. Um, but I think unfortunately, the, the truth hurts sometimes. And, and you know, as as we said, they just weren't at it, um, all over the place. That the players just. I wouldn't say they weren't up for the game because that would be unfair because it is a final, of course you're up for it, but just they lack the quality. They couldn't deal with Arsenal. So in that sense, I think they will be frustrated. And, and um, yeah, as Polly said, they'll, they'll want to kick on now and look at the next game and try and challenge for everything else that they're still in.
0: Yeah, big Champions League game coming up for them as well against Lyon. Onto the WSL and both Manchester United and Manchester City took advantage of Arsenal and Chelsea being in that cup final by both winning at home and moving into first and second positions. United beat bottom of the table Leicester 5-1, thanks to a hat-trick from Alessia Russo. And Leah Galton and Lucia Garcia also added further goals. Leicester's reply came from Remy, Remy Seamson, who beat the newly crowned FIFA best goalkeeper Mary Earps. Over on the blue side of Manchester, City had to come from behind to beat Spurs. Norwegian midfielder Shelling Ildasoy put Ryan Skinner's side ahead with a first goal for the club. But Bunny Shaw grabbed a hat-trick to race clear at the top of the WSL goal-scoring charts, and all of this talk of Russo, Kerr, Daly, but Bunny Shaw has gone under the radar this season a bit, hasn't she? Yeah, I think she really, really has. Um, she's, I think last
2: season, because she was sort of playing second fiddle to Ellen White, and she sort of came on and made the impact from the bench, but this season she's, she's, she's got that number nine spot, it's hers, and she's shown the quality that she that, that, that Man City saw in her, the reason that they signed her, and there's there's absolutely no doubt that she has taken WSL by storm this season. She's she's been really really impressive, and I like the fact that she's scoring different types of goals as well. There's some with her head, she's scoring with her right foot, her left foot, close range, far out. She's not just sort of in the goal area scoring goals. She's she's getting involved and uh, and really helping to um
0: you know make Man City a really good attacking side. And and yeah, no, I've been really really impressed by her. And Polly, United and City both above Chelsea and Arsenal. Can either of them maintain a challenge to Chelsea, do you think? And if so, which one is more likely to?
1: I think if anyone's going to do it, I have a feeling it would be United. I think they've been really strong this season. And um, yeah, just uh, they constantly churn out good performances. Um, Obviously, they did lose to Chelsea 3-2, I think, a couple of like before the Mm. Christmas break. Um, But I think if anyone's going to challenge Chelsea, it's going to be United. They seem to have a more kind of coherent side than City. I think City have been a little bit all over the place um, and and can be challenged by teams lower down, such as Aston Villa. Um, But yeah, I think United stand a good chance, especially if Chelsea are going to keep playing like they did on Sunday, then it's kind of anyone's title.
0: Yeah, David, Leicester with Thump 5-1. They're they're a couple of points off getting out of that one relegation spot. But I know last time you were on the podcast, you are your worry for Spurs. It's three wins in 12 in all competitions, and all three of those have come against championship sides. The last WSL win was this 8-0 win, 8-0 win away at Brighton. Um, you're the only one who's kind of sort of express any worry about them. Everyone else seems to think they'll be okay. But do you think they are decide that Leicester have to focus on catching? Yeah, I mean, first
2: off, I can see what everyone means. And I, I said the last time I was on that, certainly in attack, they've they have looked a lot better with England, with Iwabuchi. Um, Now they're starting to bring different elements of their attack together. But I just fear for them defensively because it's like, I know it was a long, long time ago, but I was at the game at the Emirates, uh, the, the North London derby they had, um, and the number of defensive mistakes they made in that game was really bad. Um, and... You look at how they have played across the season and so many of their goals, you think if that player just moved slightly back or if, if they, you know, committed to that duel or in you know, a little bit like that. And it's those sorts of things that really add up. So for me, yes, in attack, whilst everyone's writing saying that in attack, they'll be fine. they have got the goals now with Beth England. Defensively, me, that's where the big worry is, because they are still shipping so many goals and still making so many mistakes. Um, and for me, that's why I'm slightly concerned about them. Um, I don't know if they'll get relegated I'm not saying that, that they'll get relegated but I think that that's where they are letting themselves down um, so yeah in terms of Leicester that, that you know Spurs have to be the team because Reading showed yesterday that, that they will pick up they will they will um, get the results when they need them I think Brighton we've still yet to see how Jens Shoyer is, is really going to set his team up and really so Spurs for me I think are the ones that are in free fall at the moment and yeah Leicester have to be looking to catch them.
0: Polly, you you were nodding your head along there in agreement.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think think Spurs have had a disastrous season. Um, It has been awful. I don't necessarily think Leicester will be able to chase them. I think Leicester have been um, also quite diabolical all season. Um, And yeah, I mean, they would have to end up chasing down Brighton as well. And I don't think that might end up being the final situation. But at the same time, I think Spurs just need to kind of look at what they're doing and review it. I mean, they've bought in uh, England and Iwabuchi, but it's like, well, what difference have they made? I mean, I know Beth England scored a couple of goals, but you can't just have one good player on your team. Um, and as David said, defensively, that um, they just can't compete with the other sides in the WSL.
0: To fair to Leicester, though, since Willie Kirk's come in since January, they have been a lot better in terms of performances, haven't they? And they just ran into... Manchester United, who were, who were pretty rampant at the mon- at, at, at the minute. Another side who were pretty rampant are Aston Villa. Their good run continues. They won 2-0 away at Everton, thanks to a goal from Kenzie Darley against a former club and an own goal from Meg Finnegan. It means Villa are now just three points behind Arsenal, although Arsenal do have two games in hand and they move four points clear of Everton. And Polly v- Villa are seriously impressive this season, aren't they? Carla Ball.
1: Exactly. Carla Ball. I have loved watching Villa this season. They just look like a transformed side. Even before um, the January transfer window, they were such a strong side um, and really just showed up to games like they they hadn't before. I think obviously bringing in Jordan Nobbs and Lucy Staniforth, that's made a massive difference in the midfield um, because they certainly had a lot of younger players um, playing the midfield before. And I think bringing some experience in has really helped. Um, But I think Villa as a whole are, are doing so well. Um, and it is really exciting because now teams who were placing, you know, fifth and sixth are actually, you know, they're not too far away from from third, which which is really good to see. Um, so it, it's an exciting time for Villa as well because they have got. That experience as I mentioned before but then they've got so many um, young players coming through I think about someone like um, Evie Rabjohn who's really really exciting to watch um, and they've got this youth coming through their system which um, is great to see in the WSL and you've got such a, a range of players there and Carla Watson, an incredible job in, in bonding all those players together and producing the results on the pitch.
0: Yeah you mentioned there about the, the gap closing there Everton do have a game in hand on Villa but the gap is four points, as I mentioned, and, and as Polly mentioned there, David, it is good to see that the top four is being closed down a little bit, and maybe in a couple of years we'll have a top six rather than a top four. I hope so, and it certainly seems to be going that way. I mean, you know, as as,
2: as Polly said, Villa are looking really strong. They look like they could they could put on a serious challenge. I think um, Everton under Brian Sorensen have been have been doing some good stuff. Yes, the, the results haven't necessarily been as good, but it's the first season. yeah give, give them a year, they could look like really challenging. There's, there's certainly teams that are in and around that top four that I think give them a few years, they might start to put on a, a few challenges and get a few results here and there. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll start to see an expanded title fight uh, that's not just those top three or top four as, as the season is because United
0: are in it. There um, there's a much-needed win for Reading as they beat West Ham at the select car leasing stadium. All the goals came in the second half. Charlie Wellings' strike for Reading was cancelled out by Vivian Assay, with Rachel Rowe getting a stunning winner five minutes from time and much-needed it was. And David, we talked about Spurs. Reading leapfrogged them with that result. And just when you think if Kelly Chambers is under pressure or will this be the year for Reading where they go down... They always seem to pull out a result when needed. They do. And I, I personally, I never
2: doubt them because, like you said, they always pull out the results. They, they have some good players there. And I you know, I watched Charlie Wellings at Celtic last season. And, and she's, she's a goal machine when she gets the right opportunities. And, and certainly that goal that she took against West Ham to open the scoring showed just what she can do when she gets the ball in the right areas. Um, and Rachel Rose, one of those players, I think goes hugely under the radar. She does so much for that team um and she, she operates in so many different positions she gets in the areas that have an effect on on the team um it, you know in between the defensive the midfield lines things like that so she she's a hugely important player for them and someone that I really really rate um and I think if they have her on the field they always have a chance of winning the game um and and yeah they, they deserved the win yesterday because they kept pushing and they kept fighting and and I don't think Kelly Chambers will be under pressure because, as I said, you know, Reading always have this knack of pulling out results when they need them. And certainly yesterday was one of those days when they did need a result. And
0: Polly West Ham have had a solid season, but they're now out of the FA Cup as well. So Paul Koczeski won't want to see the season just fizzle out now, will he?
1: No, and that kind of seems to be what, what's almost happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've been a little bit... Uh, yesterday's performance I was quite disappointed by because they they are a good squad and they've got some incredible players. Um, but yeah, they... Like, I mean. A lot of the time, they end up being quite sloppy, especially defensively, um, and they've had quite big score lines in, in, in some of the games they've played in. So, it, it's a shame to see because they are such a good squad, and it, it seems like there needs to be some sort of like mentality shift um, or something like that. But um, it would be good to see them actually challenging teams towards the back end of the season and not cutting, as you say, let it fizzle out just because they've been knocked out of cup.
0: We're going to move on and look at the championship. And in the championship, it finished Crystal Palace nil, Bristol City three. Grace Clinton scored twice as Bristol City secured that 3-0 win over Crystal Palace. And they open up a six-point lead now at the top of the table. Polly, it was an important win for Bristol to extend their lead at the top. We're now 15 games into the season. They have got that six-point gap. First time anybody's really had a gap this season in the championship. And um, I know... um, Fionn Morgan's been saying on social media that it's a good win, but it's not, you know, it's certainly a lot of work to do. But psychologically, that's uh, that's a big gap now, isn't it?
1: A hundred percent. It's a massive gap. And to think, you know, Bristol and London City have been neck and neck all season. So for Bristol to extend that lead, and of course, with London City losing at the weekend, that just extends that gap further and it puts Bristol in in prime um, position for... For promotion um and it does also bear the question is like well who who realistically other than london city would chase bristol um because now southampton are 10 points away from um from where bristol are so it's it's an interesting one because you think you know, At this point, can Bristol just now run away with the title? And I think they can very much do so.
0: Down at Princess Park in Dartford, Maya Enderby complete a fine comeback for Sheffield United to overcome the promotion-chasing London City Lionesses. The Lionesses took the lead when Lily Ag nudged home, but CSK, nine, Courtney Sweetman, Kirk, she equalised before the break. And midway through the second half, 17-year-old Enderby complete the fight back to give the Blades breathing space at the bottom of the league, ahead of Coventry United, um, David. A lot of focus will be on London City's defeat, but how much credit must go to Sheffield United?
2: Huge credit, and uh, let's not forget that this is the second game of their, you know, Jonathan Morgan's tenure. So he's still getting his ideas across. So for them to go to to London City Lionesses and get a win is huge for them. Um, yeah, really, really impressed, and I like the way that that he is. He is trying to make them a more attacking side and certainly using Courtney Sweetman Kirk's pace a lot more to create problems for opponents.
0: Uh, for London City Lionesses, um, it's sort of not the wheels are coming off a bit, but since the managerial change, uh, it's, it's just not quite happened for them, they've just sort of dropped off, haven't they?
2: Yeah, but I think that was always going to happen. I mean, me Melissa Phillips did such amazing work at, at London City Lionesses, and it was always going to be there was always going to come a point where you start to see the the players slightly slightly drop off, and I think that was, that was the game yesterday when we slightly saw that. But um, they'll get back. I, I've I've got no concerns about about that. They'll they'll get back on form, and I, I yeah. Bristol City, City six points clear might be a little bit too far for them, but I still think they'll they'll pick up wins and they'll they'll finish the season strongly.
0: Yeah, and as Polly mentioned, Southampton are ten points behind now. It was Beth and Rose's early goal which gave Charlton Athletic a one nil win at the Valley over Southampton. The Saints were unable to find an equaliser despite coming close to a Katie Wilkinson free kick right at the death. As we mentioned at the bottom, Sheffield United have got that breathing space over Coventry, and Coventry United went up to Durham and lost by five goals to one in the end. Deirdre Bradley capping off a brilliant afternoon for Durham as she fired home their fifth goal after CRC Noonan scored the first goal for Durham eight minutes before half-time, and the lead was doubled by the time the break came around when Jess Clark volleyed home to make it 2-0. Lily Crossway extended a lead further. And although Isabel Goodwin got one back for Coventry, it proved to be nothing more than a consolation when Becky Saliki and Bradley, as we mentioned, scored late on to wrap up proceedings. And we mentioned there, didn't we, David, about the gap for Sheffield United. That's a real, again, we talk about the psychological blow. It's a psychological blow for Coventry United, not only having lost, but then seeing Sheffield United winning again and pulling away from them.
2: Absolutely, and I think Coventry have been in really good form of late. Um, you know, they, they've played well with, with wins that they've got; they've deserved to win. Um, but yeah, absolutely, seeing seeing them lose to such a big margin. I mean, it is Durham, and you know they are struggling, but they are still a good side. Um, but then seeing that, and then seeing Sheffield United go and beat London City Lionesses, yeah, that they, they'll they'll feel that they were working hard to close the gap, and now it's just elongated a lot more. So. It, 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 you know, for them it will feel like one step forward, two steps back. But they just got to get back on it and and go again
0: the next game. Still a lot of football to be played. Down in Sussex, Kirsty Barton scored her first goal for Lewis as the South Coast South Coast side secured a comprehensive win over Sunderland at the Dripping Pan. It was nil nil at halftime, but Ellie Mason gave Lewis the lead after 63 minutes. Mason came close to adding a second shortly after, but the game was sealed in stoppage time when Barton poked home the Rooks' second and just a quick word on on Lewis Polly what a draw for them getting Man United at home in the FA Cup
1: yeah it's I think you can see it two ways as an incredible opportunity or oh, okay. well, we're going to lose. But I think their mentality does need to be we're the underdogs in this case and we'll do everything we can. Um, You know, United might rotate their players and it could be a great opportunity for Lewis. And I think, you know, if they're having a good run in the championship, they can just bring that straight into into the FA Cup. Um, But I'm quite excited to see it. I think Lewis fans are quite excited as well um, because it's an opportunity for their players to come up against some of the best in the world. um, and, And that's a great opportunity.
0: Yeah, and I think they've made around 22,000 from this. And I think they were saying, I saw something from one of their marketing officers, and saying if there's a men's game, it would have been sort of triple that. So there's still work to do on that side, but still a decent amount of money for them in the championship. I'm sure it'll go towards them strengthening the club and the squad. Uh, the final game in the championship we're going to look at was Birmingham against Blackburn at Rovers. And it was late drama in the second city. Substitute Libby Smith completed a dramatic comeback for Birmingham City as they defeated Blackburn by two goals to one. Farrah Crompton had given Rovers the lead late in the first half when she ran on to Millie Chandarama's pass and slotted home. Rovers seemed on course for that important away win, but Birmingham managed a brilliant comeback with goals from Charlie Devlin and Smith. Harriet Scott was sent right off at the death For a second yellow card, but Darren Carter's side were able to hold on. And in the National League, in the North Division, it was a big win for Burnley's A-brusher side, Boldmere St Michael's. The Corrits took the lead through an own goal before Laura Elford netted her her first goal for the club to put them two in front. Boldmere pulled the goal back before the breakthrough, Jess Keeling to get the Mikes back into the game as Dom Cooper re-established only two-goal lead straight from a corner. Elford then netted a brace before Millie Ravening added a fifth to seal all three points for Jay Bradford's side. Of course, she was on the pod last week and was trying to play down their chances. However, that result puts them to within three points of Nottingham Forest and with a game in hand. Other results saw Derby go level in joint third with Wolves as they beat Huddersfield Town 2-1. Liverpool Feds grabbed a vital two and win over West Brom to move five points clear of the relegation zone. Wolfborough Lightning remained bottom after a 3-0 defeat at Stoke. In the south, Oxford United remained top after winning 6-1 at home to Crawley Wasps. Both Carly Johns and Daisy McLachlan scored hat-tricks in the same game. And that's not the first time it's happened for them. They remained a point clear of it. Switch Town, who won 3-0 at home to Plymouth Argyle, Nia Evans and Natasha Thomas double saw them home whilst Bill Ricky remain in fifth after 2 on win away at Bridgewater United. And MK Dons also won away 2-0 at London Bees. And Gillingham beat Cheltenham by two goals to one. Well, Polly, David, thank you very much for joining me. Ah, you're welcome. Hi, thank you. And, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast via all good podcasting platforms. Give us a follow on Twitter, at TWFP1. And on Instagram, it's the Women's Football Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.